0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to MLB Morning Coffee. A little bit later on a Monday, quick one for you as we recap Game 5 of the World Series, a 4-2 win for the Dodgers over the Rays. Los Angeles takes a 3 games to 2 lead in this series. So, I will say, before we go into the recap, as always, write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. Helps out our metrics tremendously. Also, make sure that you tell your friends about the show. I gotta tell you, we're not gonna be daily once the offseason hits. I think we're gonna have a season review of all 30 teams but I'm not necessarily sure what we're going to do yet beyond that. I will make sure to keep the feed active and fresh, but you may not be seeing things every day. So just know that I am conscious of the fact that it will not be a daily podcast moving forward in the off season. I would like though to make sure that we are still recording on a frequent basis. So game five, Tyler Glasnow for Tampa, Clayton Kershaw for Los Angeles. Top of the first inning, Mookie Betts with a leadoff double, and then Corey Seager steps in and will play out the progression of the first inning runs right here.
1: That is a base hit into right. Here comes Betts. Here's the throw. Dodgers take a first inning lead. On a ground ball. Nice play loud. No play for an out, and it's 2 nothing.
0: Tyler now looked off his game in the first inning, Clearly. He did not have command of his breaking pitches. He was spiking a lot of pitches. He just did not look at his best. And maybe you can chalk that up to nerves. Maybe you can chalk that up to a six-eight guy that struggles with his release point at times. There's no questioning the amount of talent that he has in terms of his stuff. But you also have to realize that this is a young guy that hasn't been in this position really before. He struggled in game one and he struggled in the first inning last night. So, Cody Bellinger, the second highlight you heard, that came with two out, and that ended up scoring Corey Seager, who had singled home Mookie Betts. So, we go to the top of the second inning now, and this is why you just simply cannot make a mistake to Jock Peterson in regards to a fastball up in the zone. That
1: is well hit into left center field, back at the wall. Peterson with a blast.
0: And Peterson's home run was just a rocket and makes it 3-0 in favor of Los Angeles. Clayton Kershaw looked good through the first two innings, but bottom of the third inning, Kevin Kiermeyer with a single, with one out, Yandi Diaz triples him home, and then Randy Arozarena steps to the plate with a chance to break a record. It was a part of
1: what went on, that is a base hit. Pitch was up and Arena has made this a one-run game. You've said it many times, Rosarena does not miss.
0: Rosarena's single makes it a 3-2 ball game, but it also breaks a record. That was his 27th hit of this postseason, which breaks Pablo Sandoval's 2014 record for most hits in a single postseason. Sandoval had 26 in 17 games. Last night was Rosarena's 19th game of the playoffs. So congrats to Randy Rosarena, who sets a new record despite the fact that he plays for a team that really isn't known for setting records because they're barely over 20 years old as a franchise. Now, we don't have any of the highlights for what happens in the bottom of the fourth inning, but I think the bottom of the fourth was really the turning point in this ballgame. It's still a 3-2 ballgame. Tyler Glasnow has settled in. He has gotten scoreless innings in the third and the fourth. Kershaw starts with a leadoff walk to Manuel Margot. The Rays got the leadoff hitter aboard in each of the first four innings against Clayton Kershaw, and I think that that's big if Kershaw does have to pitch again in this series. So Manuel Margot walks. With Hunter Renfro at the plate, Margot steals second. The ball gets away from Chris Taylor, and Margot goes to third. Margot is almost called out. They review it, and they rule that he's safe. Now, before I get into the rest of the inning, let me give you a diatribe on why I hate replay. The replay rule was instituted for certain scenarios. It was not instituted to see if a player pops off of the bag after he's already hit the bag without oversliding the bag. You remember that pickoff play in the 2017 NLDS? I can't remember who it was on base for the Nationals, but the Cubs get a pickoff at first because the guy sliding back into the bag hit the bag then had his hand slightly pop off the bag as his body is sliding over, and because the tag is on him, and because for a millisecond he's not on the bag, he's out. That's not how that's supposed to be officiated. You cannot, in my opinion, it goes back to old traditional baseball rule. If a guy hits the bag, but he doesn't overslide the bag, he has reached the bag, okay? The fact that they are going to be willing to call somebody out Because his hand hits the bag, and then his hand slightly pops off the bag while his body is hovering over the bag. And the fact that in frame-by-frame moments, you're going to say, oh, that guy is off the bag, so he's out. That's BS. I'm sorry, you cannot officiate a runner going into the base like that. It drives me absolutely crazy. That's not what replay was instituted for. So if Margot had been out at third base on a review on that call, I think you'd hear a lot of people crying for that rule to be modified in regards to how replay is officiated on runners reaching base, especially on either pickoffs or stolen base attempts. Hunter Renfro eventually ends up walking. So you've got first and third, nobody out in a one-run ballgame. Joey Wendell steps in, and he pops out on the second pitch of the at-bat. Willie Adamas then steps in and Adamus strikes out swinging, and Adamas really has not looked good. He just has really struggled in this series. And if the Rays are going to have a chance to tie the series up and eventually force a game seven, Adamus is going to have to do a little bit more offensively. So the batter at the plate is Kevin Kiermaier. Now, Kiermaier already has a hit off of Kershaw, but it's a left-on-left matchup. Manuel Margot decides in an 0-1 count that he's going to try and steal home, and it's a very close play at home. Kershaw is able to step off the rubber and then fire the ball home. Austin Barnes, the catcher, tags him out, and the inning is over. Replay showed that he might have been safe. Kevin Cash didn't argue in regards to a review, so he decided to let it go because as replay stands, unless it's conclusive evidence, they can't overturn it. And I think that that was the case in regards to the stolen base attempt at home. It probably was also the case when it came to our Argo's steal at third. So first and third, nobody out, and the Rays get nothing. And that's why when you go to the top of the fifth inning, Max Muncy makes a big dent in the hearts of Tampa Bay Rays fans.
1: Here's a high fly ball. points at his dugout and will take the try. Dodgers lead 4-2 here in the fifth.
0: It was an absolute rocket that he hit to deep right center field, makes it a 4-2 ball game, and really the wind taken out of the sails of the Tampa Bay Rays. One other key moment in the game, Clayton Kershaw gets taken out of the ball game with two out in the bottom of the sixth inning. Ken Rosenthal, the Fox reporter before the game, said that Kershaw was going to face 21 hitters. When Brandon Lau popped out, that was his 21st hitter. He brings in Dustin May. May strikes out Manuel Margot to end the inning. Rays' bullpen looked very good, and they did not allow a run in four innings of relief work. Bottom eight, this was the last best chance for the Rays to tie this game. Kevin Kiermeyer with a leadoff single against Dustin May. So, the tying run now comes to the plate in the form of Mike Zunino. Yoshi Sutsugo pinch hits for him and flies out. Now you have a game of chess. G Man Choi replaces Yandi Diaz to go right left against Dustin May. Then, Dave Roberts decides to put Victor Gonzalez in the ball game to replace May, and subsequently, Choi is pulled back for Mike Brasso. Gonzalez throws a wild pitch, Kiermeyer gets to second. And then Mike Brasso walks. However, the move pays off because Gonzalez gets Randy Arozarena to fly out to right center field on the first pitch and then gets Brandon Lau to line out to the same spot in an 0-1 count end of the inning. Blake Trinan gets the save in the ninth. That's it for the Rays. Dodgers win 4-2. Only seven hits for the Rays in this ballgame, only six hits for the Dodgers. Max Muncy, the only Dodger with multiple hits, as he goes two for three with an RBI, a walk, and a run scored. Worth noting that Austin Barnes went 0-for-2 2 with two walks. Jock Peterson 1-for-2 with a home run and a walk. Corey Seager 1-for-3 with an RBI, a run, and a walk. Justin Turner was held hitless as he went 0-for-4. On the Ray side of things, Yandy Diaz and Kevin Kiermaier each went 2-for-3. Manuel Margot went 2-for-3. Randy Rosarena was the only other player in the lineup with a hit as Brandon Lau. Hunter Renfro, Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell, Willie Adamas, and Mike Zanino, along with their pinch hitters, all went hitless. Now we go to the stats. Clayton Kershaw, by the way, surpassed Justin Verlander for most strikeouts in the playoffs all time. Kershaw now has 207 career playoff strikeouts. He went five and two-thirds innings, picked up the win, two runs on five hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. Tyler Glasnow with a loss. Five innings, four runs on six hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. He allowed two homers. Both bullpens each go scoreless. The Dodgers went three and a third innings of scoreless relief. The Rays went four innings of scoreless relief. So that is where we have it in regards to the bullpens. So a couple of stats from Sarah Langs. Margot's attempted steal of home was the first attempted steal of home since Brad Fulmer did it in 2002. That was the Angels against the Giants. He pulled off a double steal with Scott Spezio, who was on first base at the time. Tyler Glasnow has allowed nine homers this postseason, which is the most ever by a pitcher in a single postseason. The Dodgers, with Muncie's home run, have nine different players with a World Series homer, which breaks a tie with the 1989 A's for most different players with a home run in a single World Series. Those A's had eight different players. By the way, the last failed attempt stealing home in the World Series was Shane Mack in 1991, who ironically did it when John Smoltz, the analyst for Fox, was on the mound. So that was the 91 World Series when that happened. This is the eighth time in franchise history that the Dodgers have taken a 3-2 lead in a best-of-seven series. They're 6-1 in the prior seven series. The only loss was the 1952 World Series. Of the six series wins, two of them were in six games, the 1981 World Series and the 1959 World Series. Four of them were in seven games, the 2018 NLCS, the 1988 NLCS, the 1965 World Series, and the 1955 World Series. And finally, the Dodgers have scored 60.2% of their runs with two outs this postseason. The highest percentage of runs scored with two outs in a single postseason with a minimum of 10 games, the 1992 Braves, who scored 59.3% of all of their runs in that postseason with two out. Game six starters, it's going to be Blake Snell for Tampa, Tony Gonsolin for Los Angeles, although I imagine that they're going to try and bullpen it with Gonsolin, would not be surprised if Julio Urias ends up pitching at some point during game six. I believe the Rays are going to try and ride Snell as long as they can. Remember, they have an off day, and yesterday, Diego Castillo pitched only an inning. Aaron Loop pitched only an inning. They still have arrested Peter Fairbanks, arrested Nick Anderson. The Rays are going to have bullpen arms a for game six, but I certainly would believe that Kevin Cash would like to get five, potentially six, out of Blake Snell if he can. That's it for this edition of The Coffee. Enjoy the day, and we'll talk to you at some point very soon because there's no game tonight. I'll see if we can come up with a couple of other things to talk about if we do do an episode tomorrow. But for now, enjoy your day, and be good, everybody.